You're listening to What Devay Said About Music, the beard on the shoulder of Pirate Radio with your host, Bob Devay, your personal music pusher. So get high on his supply. And uh, I remember when I was in that little bitty radio station and I was playing all those rock and roll records? Well, that's what I'm doing right now. If you can visualize that, that's what all of us in radio do. Did you hear? 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 What do they say about music? Great Zeus, below on earth, it is now the eve of the longest day. Very well. Release the Kraken.
Well, hello, my Duvidians, and welcome to What Duvet Said About Music. I am your host, Robert Bob Duvet, and I have just released the Kraken into the world of music podcasting. Go, Kraken. Go destroy Atlantis as you see fit. We have an aquatic and oh, a nautical theme to today's show, folks. If you couldn't tell already by the intro, that last song that you just heard coming in was A Place to Bury Strangers, Brooklyn's own A Place to Bury Strangers, doing their song Ocean. And the reason for this aquatic theme is because we are very excited to have on the What Do They Said About Music show, San Francisco's own Tamron will be joining us a little bit later in about 20 minutes time for a lovely conversation that we had before her show playing with the Ravenettes last night in San Francisco. That would be last night on Tuesday, May 10th. It was an amazing show. It was so amazing that I am going to tell you to go to the blog, www.whatdovaysaid.com, to read about how amazing the show was, where I used a bunch of words other than amazing to describe and capture the show that she put on. And she's for those of you that don't know her music, you will get to know it by the end of today. And we're going to play a lot of things uh, in a similar vein, and we're going to have a running narrative of uh, water. There you go. It's going to be like we're like all in this great giant tank together. Look, there goes a seahorse. There goes a hammerhead shark. I've been hammering my head against this desk all day, battling a number of technological issues just to bring this show to you. So I hope you're enjoying me talking at you about all my problems because that's uh, it's therapy for me and it's probably uh, bad radio for you. But alas, let me tell you how to get a hold of us here. As always, the phone number is 415-937-0445. That's 415-937-0445. Please feel free to call anytime, day or night, and uh, leave a message because uh, that's, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a message, but leave one. Tell me uh, how, uh, how much you love me or how terrible this show is or how much you love Tamron because I know you're going to love her. Um, and uh, yeah, and, you know, any other questions, concerns, if you want to, uh, you know, you had a bad day and you need a shoulder to cry on, I am here for you. Robert Bob Duvet, even though I am not a licensed therapist, w- will gladly um, give my two cents and dissect your neuroses. Free of charge, folks. Like this podcast is free of charge. You can find us on iTunes, too, if you want to subscribe. Just type in what Duvet said. We come up. And then uh, all this glorious free content comes your way. What else can I tell you? Oh, you can always write to us. We get a lot of emails, and I appreciate those. And I will read some more of those on next week's show. I want to play a lot of music today because uh, that's the kind of mood I'm in. I think uh, I've I got a bunch of good songs lined up, so I think you're going to enjoy it. But uh, write to us at said at gmail.com. And tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what you want to hear on this show, who you want me to go after. You know, Kings of Leon? Is that what you kids are into? I don't think so. Not the people that listen to this show. I think what you're going to be into, though, really, is the next song I'm going to play. I am going to play, in keeping with this aquatic theme that I've decided to go with, I am going to play Echo and the Bunnymen live from 1984, doing Ocean Rain. It's off a reissue, uh, revamped, you know, remastered. It might be a retread, I don't know. But we're going to play the song Ocean Rain live, a live version, because live versions are cool, right? 
different. You've heard the uh, recorded version. Have you heard this one?
That's Oakland, California's Death of a Party doing the fucking ocean. We went from the ocean rain, we went from oceans to the ocean rain to the fucking ocean. What could possibly be next? Oh my God. Speaking of oceans, it was so cold last night. All that water whipping off the bay. It was freezing here in San Francisco. I came here for the weather. I just love the weather. Anybody of you thinking that this represents California, the weather here in San Francisco, let me tell you, that is not the case. Anyway, let's play one more song and then we'll get into our interview as promised. We are gonna play a song next by Beach House called Saltwater. I think this is off their first record. So let's, uh, let's uh, get into that a little bit. A little Beach House to Saltwater and then we are gonna go right into our interview with Tamron. And this week, our drug of choice is San Francisco's Tamron. 
Cameron's one of the more artistic, dynamic, and compelling performers playing in the city. So I was thrilled to sit down and have a conversation with her as she prepared to open up for the Ravenettes with her band at San Francisco's legendary Bimbos. The show, in a word, was awesome. In many more words, I do a live review on it at the blog www.whatduvaysaid.com. So go and check that out. Tamron released a record last year in September called The Waves. And it really was one of my favorite records. And I found myself listening to it just kind of repeatedly and in its entirety. It's one of those albums where you, you listen to it from start to finish. It's a true headphone album. Her collaborator and uh, partner in crime musically is Rex Shelverton. The two of them really create some beautiful, beautiful soundscapes. It's a very atmospheric record and definitely one to check out. I'm going to be playing some songs from that mixed in with this interview. She's a very sweet, kind, and thoughtful person. I think you're going to get a real sense of what she's about as an artist and a musician. So I'm really excited to bring that to you. I just want to do a couple interview notes. The interview was conducted before her show, opening up for the Ravenettes, as I mentioned. So it's done in the dressing room. You're going to hear a bit of music bleeding through the walls. That's the Ravenettes doing their sound check. So that gives a lovely atmosphere. And I think Tamron would, would appreciate the atmosphere. And it also gives uh, the interview some context. I don't know if it gives it any gravitas because uh, I'm not known for my gravitas. So we'll, we'll just... We'll spare you the gravitas. Again, the album is called The Waves. Look for it. It's on Mexican Summer Records. I'd like to thank Shelby over at Mexican Summer for setting up the interview for me. Thank you so much for putting me in touch with her. Without further ado, I give you the Tamron interview. This is Tamron, and you are listening to What Duvet Said About Music.
Queen. So I just want to, um, you know, chat with you a little bit about, like, I mean, the last year has been probably, you know, pretty crazy for you, right? The album came out, it did super well, and you guys have been playing all over. What's what's the last, you know, few months been like? Um, well, especially more the last few months than anything, because our album came out in, like, September, and then... Um, we originally intended not to tour, and then things just kept getting offered, and um, we got an offer to do this tour that we're on right now, uh, supporting the Ravenettes, and we really liked the Ravenettes, and we thought it was a great tour, so we ended up postponing a lot of touring until now, so there's been kind of a gap. We did Europe, but this is our first uh, like extensive U.S. tour. Was it like touring not like the prime concern with the band? Was it more like you envisioned it as a recorded project and then it just kind of grew? And Yeah, we're both, uh, Rex and I are really um, concerned with the creative side of things mm -hmm. and not worrying too much of the band as a business. I don't really know if that is smart or not, but it's definitely um, smart in the way that we kind of, it's our creative energy and time is, is precious to us. Mm -hmm. And Rex has been in a lot of bands before and sort of been through touring the indie circuit and all that. And so from the beginning, we kind of had a different way of thinking about things. And um, when we got involved with our label, the Mexican Summer, uh, we originally were just going to put out like limited vinyl. And then as the record started developing and um, they started getting more excited about it and we started getting more excited about it. Things just evolved and so it was really sort of organic but kind of, um, there was no plan of attack. Really. Gotcha. Well, I can imagine the burnout factor it can just be super high if you just find yourself on that wheel of tour. tour right. Album. When you're like a new band, they uh, there's this sort of like um, assumption that you should just take whatever you can and do whatever but I think what's most important is to have a really beautiful record and to play the best shows you can, meaning make them look as beautiful as you can and sound as good as you can with the limited resources that you have as a new band. So it's always kind of like a, a battle figuring out um, what you should and shouldn't do. You know? Well, we got to talk about the beautiful record because it's called The Waves and it is an amazing, you know, first album for you guys, right? And I'm curious how long... You know, you'd worked on those songs and how that album came together. Um, okay, so actually, it's we had an EP that we released that was pretty long. It was almost like a mini album mm -hmm. before. Um, and then that was made over a course of actually several years. Rex and I working cross-country with each other. Because you were in New York, right? Um, yeah, I was in New York, and he was in San Francisco, and we would just sort of send things back and forth, and I would fly to San Francisco for a few days and work, and it, it really took a long time because of that and, you know, life getting in the way. And when I released it, I self-released it in, like, 2008, and then um, it got put out on Travel Man. And at that point, I was like, okay, well... I don't really see myself working with anybody else the way that I work with Rex. We had a chemistry that was... How, how did you guys meet? We met in like 2000, um, just like going out at shows, and he was in a band called View, and I met him in New York, and we became close friends. Um, so anyways, yeah, I, I just figured, you know, I wasn't going to really meet anybody who I had the same chemistry with, and if I was going to make another album, which he, he wanted to do, so... Um, I figured I'd have to move to San Francisco to do it. And then when I moved here, we are just, you know, figuring out what what it was going to be, sort of, because the original EP is a little different. Um, 
I mean, it's still us, but it's definitely a different sound. And um, so it took a while to develop like where we were going with it. And then um, I just, I didn't really want to rush myself or rush him. We both had full-time jobs. And so it took like 16 months, you know, um, which... It's a great product, though. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I just really... Um, the, some of the most powerful things in my life have been records and uh, I appreciate a record that you can listen to from start to finish and that is a complete thought and there's not really throwaway songs and it has and it's not necessarily pop songs either it's just you know a beautiful piece of work or whatever so that was my ultimate goal was to make something that I felt like I could imagine myself as a listener listening from start to end on repeat you know that was the, the ultimate goal because my favorite records are like that I was gonna say you're like goal achieved because that's how I you know listen to it and you know it's interesting because when I listen to it and I, and I you know I've seen you interviewed on different things before I mean you come from a, a much more artistic kind of point of view as opposed to I mean I get the sense that maybe music is just one of a bunch of things that you're you're into and that you're doing and I was curious how, like, all that kind of informs and where music sort of you, you see falling for you ultimately in, you know, the big scheme of things. Yeah, I feel like um, I'm not really, a, like, a technical person. Rex is much more, he's an incredibly um, amazing attention span, and I don't. And he's, <laughs> he's great at doing, you know, technical details. I'm sort of more a conceptual person, and um, we're both really emotional people. And um, I... I think there's something about maybe not necessarily being a musician, but being an artist overall that like um, interests me. So for sure, but the music is um, the medium that affects me the most. So it's the one I put the most priority on. But oh. I like contextualizing the music with all the other elements and all the images. Yeah, and you talked about that before, and I think it's interesting is. Um, there is that sense in the music for sure. I mean, there's it's such it's so conceptual, and I was sort of cinematic, and it's yeah. got a lot of visual aspects without being like committed to like a narrative.
I'm curious how San Francisco, when you moved out here, how that started to inform your, your kind of artistic right. vision. I mean in a big way because um, I've always been a really social person and I always had very sort of public jobs as when I was younger, record stores, mm -hmm. vintage clothing stores, bars and all that. Um, and when I moved out here I really just didn't know hardly anybody and I worked as a secretary for a psychiatrist in the middle of nowhere, like not even in San Francisco, like outside. Uh -huh. and, um, it was really isolating, and I think that that was super beneficial for the work because it made me really just use it as a form of escapism for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, like I said, the kind of music I like is kind of the kind of music that provides escapism for other people. Uh -huh. So if I felt that way, it's like maybe it gives it some authenticity or something like that. Yeah, I mean, do you uh, do you enjoy living in the Bay Area? Do you? Um, I. I, I think there's a lot of... I can be totally honest. No, of course. It's, it's just a complicated... I mean, people that know me well would maybe say I wouldn't really be that happy anywhere, but I think mm -hmm. that um, this is an incredibly beautiful city and it has a lot to offer, but there's certain energies of places um, and individual people, I think it resonates with you. Like yeah. The day I moved to New York when I was 18, everything just happened it was like have a job here's some friends play some music you know and it just felt like okay this is where i'm supposed to be and i've never really felt personally that way in san francisco um but that sort of giving up the easiness of living in new york i know that sounds weird because a lot of people would say you know if you can make it there you can make it anywhere but for me it was really just felt like home to me um removing myself from my sort of comfort zone and having a bit of sacrifice i think is is a good thing yeah. when you're trying to do something you know mm -hmm. do you find that uh, the music community out here embraced you when you guys started playing out and started yeah i mean the, I, the music community in san francisco is, has been a really strange thing over the years i think that um it's sort of ebbed and flowed and sort of had times where it really wasn't that much of a scene here right. and i think Recently, that has definitely changed, yeah. and I definitely um, have a huge amount of respect for a lot of artists here, and consider them to be friends and peers. Yeah, I'm always curious with with people, especially like yourself. Where you know, there's so much that goes into your performance, and so much that goes into the, like the visual aspect, of everything. Who are some of the people that you kind of look to for inspiration, or would say like, I'd like to model my career or my sort of you know right persona after, you know, somebody that right. you get kind of... Well, um, I think that there's sort of uh, the idea of art is that it's sort of um, a conversation with the things that you've taken in over the years, right? So mm -hmm. you sort of funnel them through yourselves and reinterpret them. And I think that um, that would probably mean there's just so many, but... Yeah. Um, as far as uh, the stage performance and stuff like that, Velvet uh, Underground early projection stuff, we kind of have that kind of vibe. And um, I love a lot of the imagery from like the early, like when David Bowie did his floor show the first time, and I love Kate Bush and Stevie Nicks. And um, I also like really sort of the, the band element of, sort of the concept behind the band is to kind of have guitars, no digital effects, no 
um, sort of just like a real pure band uh-huh. element, but then have a sort of like female um, singular persona attached to it. So that makes it different to me than something that's happened before. So, so. you guys aren't uh, uh, people standing around with laptops. Just, uh, no, we don't use any pedals. It's all space echoes and the and Rex is really into um, amps and modifying things and mm-hmm. he's just a, a total genius at that stuff so um, that's one thing that is sort of the limitations of the band and also really defines the sound in a really uh-huh. great way yeah um, so yeah the idea is to sort of have that and so there's bands like uh, the first Verve record was a big inspiration for me and um, you know anything like that ride whatever that kind of thing and then also sort of Something like, um, you know, somebody like Kate Bush or something like that, and kind of fusing those things and having my own take on it, I think, okay. you know? That makes perfect sense. I, I can <laughs> see some of those influences, and, right. but not, they're never overt, you know what I mean? Right, we, it's, we're not, like, trying to um, do one thing. It's about kind of, I mean, I think since the 60s, appropriation has sort of what everyone's been doing, or like, look to David Boy or something like yeah. that. Um, so it's hard to not say that you're influenced. I mean, and since the dawn of art, I think yeah. that's, I think people that's look great, for that, yeah, right? Yeah, but people, people in the music yeah. industry, because uh, rock and roll is still relatively young, I think people like to be like, well, you sound like this or you sound like that. But um, it's baby steps. You join a history, a lineage of artists, and you put your spin on it and nod your voice to the conversation, and that is what makes things... It's, you know, um, you could be... It, I think you could try as hard as you possibly can to sound exactly like something you're never going to. Yeah, yeah. You know, I look at like somebody like Lawrence from Felt, you know, he wanted to sound just like Tom Berlin or something like that. And then obviously took a left turn and just did his yeah. own thing, made 10 records in 10 I, years. And, that's actually, I ask that question a lot and that's actually the, the most coherent answer I've gotten to that one. <laughs> because, you know, everybody wants to get very, they get very, I guess, self-aware of naming maybe something and then having that right. label thrust on, right. you know. Well, people on, are so afraid to admit these days what their influences yeah, are too, it's right? kind of funny but I feel like if you're confident in what you do I mean being compared to somebody like The Cure or you know um, Cocteau Twins or all the things that we get compared to My Bloody Valentine those are the greatest bands yeah. of all time so um, to even be mentioned in the same sentence with them right now is an honor to me and I yeah. just for me it's just important to work hard and do the best I can and then let people think what it sounds like for themselves you know? I got you well, last, one last throwaway question sure. What would somebody be really surprised to know that you're you're into, you know? Because the, the music is so visual and it's so kind of like, you know, heavy in a way. Right. And, uh, like I a think, guilty pleasure thing? Yeah, you know, because I think a lot of people would, would imagine you're like this and you're not people. She's not. She's a very good <laughs> <sweet> person. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I don't really have any guilty pleasure. I, I think that... Um, I wouldn't know what people would be surprised that yeah. I like, really, because I do, I just really love a lot of things. Um, uh, what I mostly do in San Francisco is see drag shows, but I don't know if people would be surprised at that either because I have a <laughs> drag queen in one of our videos. So, um, But yeah, people personally are always surprised to hear that that's like my favorite pastimes. That's watching just, drag queens that's, that's, that might be time better spent than me watching Gossip Girl so. yeah so I don't have TV okay. <laughs> I prefer to you know see the impersonations right up and close well I can't thank you enough for, for talking with me and no. I'm really excited to see you play tonight this will be my first time seeing you play so I'm hyped and uh, we're excited I look to have you to, this is an excellent venue for you to oh, play oh it's the too. best yeah. favorite in San Francisco yeah so definitely a pleasure thank you so thank much you so much
So that was the Tamarind interview. I want to tell you what I played. At the beginning of the interview, you heard a song called Love Fade. In the middle there was Mild Confusion. And closing us out was a song called Dawning. Dawning's one of my favorite songs in the album. The album called The Waves. Look for it on iTunes. You can also go to her record label site. That's Mexican Summer Records. It's www.mexicansummer.com. Look for... Tamron on their site under artists and you can find links on how to get her album there and more information. She also has a MySpace page and her name is spelled T-A-M-A-R-Y-N Tamron and as you can hear here, some really interesting great sounding music. Look for her on tour with the Ravenettes both excellent bands a great show, I highly recommend it so you can check the MySpace page for both bands, the Ravenettes or Tamron to find out when they're coming to a town near you. You're listening to What Do They Said About Music, the parrot on the shoulder of Pirate Radio. Subscribe to What Do They Said for free now on iTunes.
perfumes and liquors. A little girl, a little guy. This air can get much thicker. Welcome to Hour 2 on our aquatic water park of rock and roll that we are constructing for you in real time as we speak. That was Iggy Pop doing The Endless Sea. And I'm finding so many songs right now that have the word sea or ocean or water or boat. So I think this, uh, this podcast definitely has some sea legs to continue a bad pun. And it probably can prevent scurvy. I'm going to go on record as saying, if you listen to this podcast, you will not get scurvy. So there you go. Uh, that's that's got to count for something, right? Let's play more music. I'm going to go into uh, a Sobi Sexu doing a song called Ocean. I like them. They got an electronic vibe. And then I'm going to look for a Verve song. And, uh, ooh, God, it's, uh, there's going to be a surprise mystery song. I'm going to do a triple shot. Um, so I'll tell you what they are. After I'm through playing them.
It is official. This podcast goes fabulously with some rum. I just hit the rum bottle and I am loving it. And I hope you're loving this. I just want to shout out the uh, info one more time to you. You can give us a call at 415-937-0445. That's 415-937-0445. Call me with your, your questions, your concerns. 
And always write to us at whatduvaysaid at gmail.com. And uh, the blog, www.whatduvaysaid.com. There you go. That is all you need to know. Let's get back into it. I'm enjoying the nautical thing. That was Modest Mouse, by the way, doing March into the Sea. Great, great uh, song. Great album. I think Johnny Marr plays on that one. It's off that album, uh, We Were Done Before We Even Sank. Or, ah, God. God, I butchered another title. Um, it's the rum talking, people. And then before that, we had The Verve doing The Sun, The Sea. And as I mentioned, Asobi Seksu, I hope I'm saying that right, doing Ocean. So let's uh, let's keep it going, shall we? There's so many uh, songs to get into here. Let's do the horrors, Sea Within a Sea. And then from there, we're going to shift gears a bit. And we're going to do Mark Eitzel, one of my favorite, and a San Franciscan, doing Wild Sea from his album 60 Watts Silver Lining. This is all over the map once again. But it's all over um, a map that has been well charted by uh, the Brits and the Spaniards and the Portuguese and the Dutch. In fact, this goes out to all of those great seafaring nations who discovered and colonialized so much of the free world so that I can bring you things like podcasting. So thank you all, especially, uh, especially you, the Dutch. Yeah, weak spot in my heart for the Dutch these days. Anyway. Back to the music.
inside is empty A head filled with shopping lists and politics And a hollow eggshell kind of frailty Pulling himself back together Like desperate wishes Into the wild sea And moans and boils Filled with old ghosts And a whole other language Uncoiling forever Indecent and foreign Welcome to the Song of Darwin and dismay. The wild sea rises higher, heavier it rushes down on him. It was invited, it was not unwelcome. His fear was just a 60 watt silver lining. Shining from the edges of his crying Teaching him its frozen prayers Distant as the next second Far as any distant land His future on the horizon He's laughing in the ocean Laughing in the ocean Laughing in the ocean All his life was a gesture A check paid in dirty dishes Listen to the sea wind Hear how it hisses As it rolls over all your vain Petty wishes And your sweet Passionate kisses Hidden hands pulling you from below 
Robert Bob Duvet back with you, the source of your pain. Thank you, Mr. Mark Eisel, for noticing. I'm the source of so many people's pain right now, it's not even funny. Ask my wife. That's, that's not even a joke. Oh, is that the rum talking? No, no. All right, so we have more, more music to come your way as we hit the ocean hard. How we hit the beach. Should we, should we go to the beach now or should we stay at sea? That is the question that I'm faced with. You know what? I'm going to walk into the sea. If we just were in the wild sea, I'm going to walk right into it. The wa we're going to walk into the sea. And then after that, we're going to have Oceans in the Way. Those are the titles. I'll let you guess the artist.
if you want, you can have them if you only come down the road for a while. So take a dip, take a swimming trip. Yeah, take a dip, take a swimming trip. Take a dip, take a swimming trip, and stop it. Reflect it in your eyes. is indeed where the action is. That's Kelly Stoltz, San Francisco's own Kelly Stoltz. I love his music, so I play it a lot. And there you go. You get to hear it a lot when you listen to this show. Um, all right, we are just getting so much mileage out of water. It's, it's, it's so necessary, water, when you think about it. Let's just pause for a moment and think about water. If you want to pause for a moment too, you can always go to the blog and see the playlist for this show, which will be posted when this show goes up. So look for that at www.whatduvesa.com and you will get hydrated, folks, from this aquatic, nautical, scurvy-free, um, salty dog version of the What Do They Said About Music show. All right, so uh, let's play a couple more songs. I got a couple. I want to play some... Uh, surprise songs. We're going we're gonna to do... They're not so surprised if I tell you, right? So we're going to play... Atlantis by Donovan. We're going to close it out with Led Zeppelin doing Down by the Seaside. And that should take us on home, folks. It's been a real pleasure. I'd like to thank Tamron again for being on the show. Hope you enjoy that interview. Like I said, her album's called The Waves. Get it? I mean, get it. You should get the album. And uh, I will be back again next week with God Only Knows What. I, I w plan on be, uh, talking to Ezra Furman. So we're going to have Ezra Furman on the show. I'm going to go ahead and say it because I'm going to go ahead and do it. So if you, if you like the promise of that, come back next week where you, there's always – it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag on this pirate ship, this pirate radio, we being the parrot on the shoulder of said pirate radio. I give you Donovan. I give you Zeppelin.
continent of Atlantis was an island which lay before the great flood in the area we now call the Atlantic Ocean. So great an area of land that from her western shores those beautiful sailors journeyed to the south and the North Americas with ease in their ships with painted sails. To the east, Africa was her neighbor across a short strait of sea miles. The great Egyptian age is but a remnant of the Atlantean culture. The antediluvian kings colonized the world. All the gods who play in the mythological dramas, in all legends from all lands, were from fair Atlantis. Knowing her fate, Atlantis sent out ships to all corners of the earth. On board were the twelve. The poet, the physician, the farmer, the scientist, the magician, and the other so-called gods of our legends. Though gods they were, and as the elders of our time choose to remain blind, let us rejoice and let us sing and dance and ring in the new. Hail Atlantis! Way down below the ocean